Hi everyone, welcome to Side Hustlers, the podcast for women who want to start a side hustle while they keep their job. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Luisa Moreno and her story is very inspiring because she didn't want to go back to work when uh, she had her first kid. She wanted to stay home and be a mom. But after a while, she definitely wanted to do something with her time. And she turned her passion into a business. And this is her story. I hope you like it. Okay, so thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Um, so I started my hustling out of a need to have some creative outlet. And um, because I... I got married, I started working, um, and I loved it. I loved it so much. And then I had my first child. After I had my first child, I, I decided that I wanted to stay at home with him. And it was a very hard decision because being part of our generation, it's always so ingrained in our minds that you need to be professionally developed and you need to be working in order to be worth something yeah. or there's so much pressure uh from men as well as women to be doing something you know being a stay-at-home mom is kind of down uh looked down upon and I was one of those people not so much that I thought uh stay-at-home moms you know were less professional or less intelligent or anything like that it was more um the the just aspect of, of being at home and um kind of quote unquote, not contributing yeah. to society, <laughs> but um, it could, that could not be further from the truth. So I always told myself, you know, I am going to be a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a really hard, it's a 24 seven job. It's the hardest job. Um, so it was very challenging and I worked all through my pregnancy Um, and I always told myself, you know, I'm going to be a better mom if I work because mm -hmm. I am going to be, you know, worth something in this world. So then I had my child and I literally went to work for three days. And then I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I need to be at home with my child. Um, you know, I, I was blessed to have that opportunity to stay at home and not have to work. Yeah. So you're having said, your husband's support. Excuse me? You were having your husband's uh, support. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was, you know, you do what's best for you and what's best for the children. And he knew that it was a better thing. Um, we are a Spanish speaking home. So I really wanted to be able to have control over their first language. It was very important to me that they knew Spanish, that they were fluent in Spanish and that that was their first their home language. And so, um, so yeah, so I decided to stay at home with him. Then, you know, that turned into me staying for my staying at home for my second child, Camila. And it turned into like, you know, four years of me doing not nothing, but, you know, just being a mom. Yeah. And as much as I love that, I've always been very, I don't know, creative and, Um, so 
I actually, it was a need for me because I need, I wanted to find some geometric minimalist earrings. I remember it so much. I wanted to find triangle earrings and it was so hard and they were so hard to find. And I was like, you know what? YouTube is amazing. YouTube will, is my Google. And so I went on YouTube to figure out how to do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so easy. You just, you know, get some wire and some shaping forms and you go for it. So I did that and I liked it. I thought it was, huh, it was interesting. It was interesting because I hadn't seen anything like it. It was very minimalist. It was very geometric. And I had a friend who was selling on Etsy and she kind of mentioned it to me, but I was like, nah, I'm really not a seller. I, I don't have that spirit in me, but um, she convinced me and I did it. I actually first opened uh, a store. No, I created a store Mm -hmm. and then I didn't open it. I put, I took pictures, I set it up and everything, but I was like, no, I'm not ready. I can't do this. That was in November, I think. November, 2020. No, 2017. 17. Okay. 2017 or 2016. Um, and yeah, 2017. And then in February of 2018, I was like, you know what? New Year's resolution. This is going to be a thing for me. Um, let's just, let's just, you know, jump in. Yeah. And you already uh, crafted, um, many earrings and merchandise or. Well, I had like, I don't know, five or six designs that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So I kind of opened it. I told my family and my friends about it. I opened my Instagram account and I was like, let's just do it. Let's just go ahead. It is by far perfect. Uh, but I saw a need because I saw myself as a consumer, as a customer, as a client. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that, that that void was there. So I opened it and that's how I started. Wow, great. So, so why Etsy as the e-commerce platform? Etsy is very user-friendly. <clears throat> Etsy, for a person who knows nothing about e-commerce, Etsy is a beautiful start platform. Beginning mm-hmm. by the fact that their whole idea is inviting hand crafters, people who can make their... Um, their items. And I find that really, really just beautiful and meaningful. You know, I absolutely rather buy something from someone that I know has worked on it and um, has put their little personal touch to it rather than something that has been manufactured or something like that. So, um, so Etsy not only has that amazing invitation for it, but also it's very user-friendly as a seller. It just provides everything for you um, and it doesn't require so any, really... any knowledge like developing or coding yes no coding no setting up you know everything is everything is done for you the only thing that you kind of have to work on is you know on your seo to make sure that the algorithm picks you up and shows you to different people so okay well that's great okay um Let's see. It's also very inexpensive. Inexpensive. Um, 
Yeah, so there's no fee to be in there except for what, like they take a certain percentage of your sales and a certain percentage for your um, for your transactions from your credit card fees and everything, but, um, and they charge you like 20 you cents maintain, per listing. Like, okay, all right, that's nice. So you don't have to maintain a monthly fee? You just no, you don't. Based on your sales? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You put, you pay 20 cents for each listing. So for, for each item that you have, you pay 20 cents every three months, I think. But oh, that's <laughs> like extremely inexpensive. Where do you get your inspiration to create your items, like your earrings and necklaces that are beautiful? Because I have seen it. I, I wish you could, I don't know if you do, but if you ship to Europe, maybe I'll, I'll be interested. Thank you. I mean, because you're U.S. based, and I don't know if you have thought about, um, yeah, becoming global or shipping worldwide. Is that a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've sold to people all over the world. There's oh, been hey. people from Israel who have purchased from me. There's people from Australia. There's people from Canada. There's there's a lot of people from Canada. Um, so yeah, it's all over the world. Oh, okay. So it's it's a it's a huge huge benefit that we have. Yeah. Also, okay. that Etsy Etsy provides that. Okay. And tell us about the designs. Yeah, where did you get the inspiration and how do you craft them? Do you do it all by yourself? Do you have somebody to help you? Mm -hmm. So for me, inspiration comes, again, from my personal style. I like very minimalist geometric styles. Mm -hmm. I love shapes. I love... um, I, I have very sensitive ears. So it was very important for me to have some styles that were not heavy, that were easy to put on and put off. Something that I, something that is very important about my brand is that I've always wanted to create items that people can wear for a dinner party, but they can also wear to Target or to Walmart or to work out. Some uh, styles that are easy and friendly for you that um, kind of take you throughout the day without being cumbersome or too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I create all of them. I design all of them, but I also get tons of inspiration from different, you know, magazines or Pinterest. Pinterest is a huge inspiration source for me. Um, knowing that I that I have geometric, like there's so many geometric shapes out there. So it's very easy. Just how do I make an earring out of this shape? So that's a huge, huge inspiration for me. Um, but you know, the world is surrounded by inspiration everywhere. I, I see people wearing certain earrings that inspires me to make something like that, but with my kind of touch and my look for it. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. And I do handcraft it myself. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I do handcraft everything by myself right now. At this point, I'm able to handle all of the orders by myself and um, mostly one one women business. You do everything. Yes. I think that is one of the biggest things about being a small business owner is there's so many hats that you have to wear. You are 
a designer, <laughs> you're a maker, you're a graphic designer, you're a social media curator, you're, you know, a supplier, yeah. researcher. I mean, you're <laughs> so many things. You're marketing director. I mean, so many hats, so many hats. But it's also the fun part. You're on your you're your own photographer, your own editor, so your own copyright. So it's but I think that is one of the beautiful things about being a small business owner. You get to have part in all of these aspects of business and learn from the beginning to know what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. So do you plan to grow your business to become something bigger or do you want to have it like at this level? Are you comfortable? Yeah. No, absolutely. I totally want to grow. I think at this point, because my kids are kind of small, I am very comfortable with this size business where it has at the beginning, you know, this became, this was a hobby for me. It was, you know, a way to kind of make cash on the side, but it was more of a creative outlet more than anything. And then it turned into, huh, maybe this can become like a solidified business and let's make it into that. And right now that's where we are, that we are a small business, a one woman show that, um, you know, kind of runs and I love it like this right now because my kids are smaller, but as they grow, you know, they start going to school and they, I have more time to kind of be by myself and be able to give the business all of these hours that it needs. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That is, that is absolutely something that I envision for the future. Okay. That's great. Um, right. So the, the trending topic, <laughs> the COVID, how is affecting your business? Or I think, do you, do I think, you think it's affecting your business or not at all? I mean, COVID has, if not helped, it hasn't affected my business. I feel that right now, online marketing and online stores are going through kind of like a boom era because so many people are staying at home yet the people need their things people still need things they still um if not they 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 need jewelry for zoom meetings you know they have um they still need to give presents to their family members or their friends or their coworkers or whatever. So for me, I don't, I haven't seen a decline at all. If anything, I feel like it's picked up a little bit no, um, in terms of suppliers and kind of the whole mail system, because Etsy, it's an online store. We depend a lot on the mail system at the beginning. It was kind of like touch and go, especially during the Christmas season, the holiday season, just because it's, it was overwhelmed with all of these people who obviously weren't going to their family homes, but they were still sending their presents. Yeah. So it was a little bit of touch and go and some things were kind of delayed, but for the most part, it wasn't anything too painful. And we've certainly overcome it by now. So tell us about the logistics, because I'm curious to know um, who does like, is Etsy also a logistic platform? 
Mm-hmm. Are they connected to the po- to the post uh, service? Yes, they are. Oh. So they they work through USPS, and you kind of you know you get an order, and Etsy <clears throat> charges a person, and then brings you to your dashboard, and you just say, "Let's just ship these orders," and it kind of is everything is integrated. The labels and the packing slip and all that. Yes, everything oh. is done through Etsy. Wow. And Etsy charges mm-hmm. you for the shipping, yeah. Ah, okay. Wow. Yeah. It's extremely, extremely user-friendly. Yeah, so you just put out your merchandise right and you can start selling right away without worrying about, I need to just find a shipping company, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely. And here in the US, a lot of the homes and or apartments, you can mail straight from your home. So yeah. you don't even have to go to the post office unless you have like a really huge amount of orders. Um, but mostly they, they, they can ship right from your home. Okay. So you just prepare the package, you just leave them in your mailbox to get picked by the mailman and then oh, that's awesome. Yes, it's great um okay so <laughs> what happened to your youtube and because you have like 16,000 subscribers you're <laughs> ubeja 83 and well for those that are listening uh luisa also has a youtube channel it's like a makeup and tutorials and all that but i think you just left it aside you just left it yeah It was such a hard decision. Like I said, I've always been a creative person and I've always needed a creative outlet. Um, So my whole thing with makeup, I used to have really bad acne when I was in college and makeup was a very important thing for me. And it was during that whole makeup tutorial boom on YouTube. I've always, always been a huge fan of YouTube. I'm a very visual person. I rather type any question on YouTube than Google because I prefer somebody talking to me about it rather than reading about it. Okay. So uh, in 2008, a whole bunch of people, well, not a whole bunch of people, but certainly not more than now, but um, people were coming up with, you know, makeup tutorials and talking about makeup and reviewing makeup. And that's how I started. I started reviewing makeup that was good for acne prone skin. And I kind of liked it and I, you know, being creative person that I am, I kind of started playing with it and I said, hey, I can totally do this. This is fun. Let's just go for it. And I opened my my channel and it, it kind of, I loved it. It was so well, much fun. Was it with the idea to also um, generate income or it was just because you wanted to do something? Yeah, at the beginning, it wasn't even about um, money because when I started with YouTube, it wasn't even something that you could make money out of immediately. At that point, you couldn't get monetized until your account was pretty big in those days. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's a whole different game. But during those times, you just had your channel and then at some point you got monetized and it was a huge thing people would always make videos and be like hey it got monetized right now that happens instantly so it doesn't make a difference so for me started as a hobby and I did start making a little bit money of it I 
did get approved to be monetized. The thing is, I was, I had very small children then and YouTube as amazing as it is, it is very time consuming in order for you to grow and be successful on YouTube, especially during that whole makeup boom era, you needed to be extremely involved Mm -hmm. and it was more than a full-time job. You know, you, you create a look and you sit in front of the camera and that takes a whole three hours for you to get done with the tutorial. And then it takes another two hours. Yeah. It takes another two hours to take all the pictures and to make everything. And then, you know, you need to go through this three hour video and you need to edit it. So that becomes a four hour thing. So we've already like what, seven plus two, it's nine hours. And then you need to create all your SEO for it because you know you want to get picked up by the algorithm. And so you need to think of the title, you need to create your thumbnail, you need to the description to list everything. It is overwhelming. And for somebody who, you know, had one and then two kids at the time, it was just too much. And as much as I loved it, and I still love it, and I still wish sometimes that I could do it again. It's also very expensive because makeup is very expensive. And it's one of those things where you buy makeup and you may not use it all the time, but you still invested $50, $60 on a makeup palette and it's just sitting there. So at some point it just becomes hard to spend all that money knowing that it's just going to sit there. And if you are not being consistent and you're not getting your money back yeah it, it's a it's a bad business it's a waste of time and were you doing uh, affiliate marketing <clears throat> amazon i did it at the beginning no not at the beginning towards well at the beginning of affiliate links when they started becoming popular but it was towards the end of my youtube stint <laughs> Just because, um, again, it was very challenging to, so creating all of those videos, but then you also needed to create content for that person. And some of them were more than it was worth, in my opinion. Yeah. Again, for some people who had the time and were becoming really good and could outsource. I feel like outsourcing is such a huge and important thing. A lot of people do it by themselves, but a lot of people outsource. You know, they make their video and they can, they have $300 that they can pay somebody else to edit their video and all that stuff. And that saves them time to do other things. But when you don't have that type of income to be able to do that, it becomes really hard. Yeah. Okay. I, I think for something very important that a lot of people look aside from the business aspect of YouTube is a community. And I feel like that is the reason why I joined in the first place. And it was the reason why I stayed for so long, despite of it being kind of like a waste of a money pit (laughs) for me after a while, just because you create this beautiful community of people who like your videos and interact with you. And at the end, you know, my husband always makes fun of me because I am friends with people that I've never met in my life. 
but I consider them my friends because they watch every single video and they know about everything, you know? And um, I think that is one of the hardest things about leaving YouTube. And some people lose track of that, even when they're on YouTube and they become so big, it's really hard to handle a community that big. So, yeah. What has been the most challenging aspect of growing your current business, the um, Lulupot Designs? I think the hardest thing has been time. <laughs> you are wearing so many hats and you want to do all the things and be everywhere. We live in a world where social media kind of is everything. And over word of mouth, which is a huge impact for my business, social media is very important. So you need to do all the things in all the places. So you need to be a Pinterest expert. You need to be an Instagram expert. You need to be a Facebook expert. You need to be an Etsy expert. You need to be an SEO expert, photographer, designer, everything. And so time, I feel like it's something that is a constraint in order that, that kind of doesn't help growing too fast because of that. There's just so many things that you need to do. So, uh, yeah, I would say wearing so many hats and yeah. So when, when do you think it's time to outsource so you can have more time to be creative and probably delegate some tasks like right. social media or maybe, uh, yes, I think especially social media because that's very time consuming. Yeah. As like soon when as you time to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say as soon as you have some disposable income because as a business, you have a lot of expenses, right? Especially at the beginning, you want to create an inventory and you want to improve the quality of your items. So for example, at the beginning, I used uh, gold-plated wire for my earrings, but eventually I went into using gold-filled jewelry and sterling silver and rose gold-filled. Mm -hmm. That is more expensive. That takes a little bit more, you know, out of your disposable income. But I would say as marketing is such an important thing about growing a business and ultimately, as a maker you want to make you mm -hmm. want to sit there and make earrings for a long time yeah. you don't necessarily want to sit there preparing posts for a month so i would say have your priorities straight and set set a goal you know for example if um hiring somebody to do your instagram posting <clears throat> or your instagram copyright costs i don't know two hundred dollars then you know that you need to make at least $200 worth of earrings mm -hmm. in order to be able to pay for this. Yeah. And so on. So it depends on what your priorities are, how big you are, how much disposable income you have. But I would say as soon as you have it, delegate those tasks that are Time cumbersome because we don't want to end up hating what we do. You know, we, we, Exactly. We go into this business because yeah. we love to make and we love to do these things, but then it becomes tedious and you're like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like I am spending more time 
doing social media than I am sitting here doing my earrings. Like yeah. what, why did I do this in the first place? Why do I even keep doing this? So yeah, having, having those, those tasks that you kind of don't appreciate and don't like, I think that it's very important to do them in the first place, just because you want to know your entire business. You yep. want to know what it entails. You want to be able to, you know, copyright and to be the photographer that way, when somebody starts doing it, you can make them do it, or you can ask them to do it in a way that matches your brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's important. And also, I mean, for future businesses, it's also nice to know what's behind the scenes of social media, copywriting and all the, the other aspects. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So maybe just to wrap it up, uh, what, what's your advice for people that have no clue how to start, but they want to start maybe as a, I mean, you are a crafter, maybe somebody that is a creative person. How can they monetize the brand and start? Absolutely. I am a person who is a firm believer of just starting something. If you have an idea of something, go with it. Think about it. You know, what would that look like? What I think for now, what, one of the most important things is, are there people who want to buy what I want to sell? Yeah. Pretty much we live in a world where people will buy almost everything, yeah. anything. There's some things that are out there in the internet. Yes. <laughs> some things are out there on the internet that you're like, who would ever want to buy this? Yet they have one of the most successful stores. So there's people who buy pretty much anything. But yes, figure out, hey, how many people want to buy this? Can I make a living out of selling this? A lot of people start selling something and then they find through their experience and through their clients and feedback and everything. Well, I started kind of selling this type of item, but this is my best seller. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start selling this type of thing and pushing it more. Does it so, happen to you? Like maybe you were selling earrings, but people want necklaces. I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how I've grown. Because I was just like earrings kind of type of person. Okay. Like, I personally didn't used to wear necklaces that much. But you know, trends happen and, you know, style changes. And you're like, huh, why not try this? Everybody's into it. Let's, you know, find out. And then you're like, huh, I kind of dig this. Let's include this into my into my line. And make a thing out of it. And absolutely, that's how it goes. A lot of people give you ideas. You know, once you're an established business, a lot of people will come to you and will say, hey, you know, I saw this type of necklace. Do you think you can make this for me? Now, like, absolutely. Hey, I wonder if, you know, this is like the third person that has come asking me about necklaces or chains. I think maybe there's You know, this is a clue that necklaces and chains are something that people want to buy and they want to buy from me as opposed to other people. So let's take advantage of that. That's awesome. Do you, do you think it's harder to get new clients or sell to exi existing clients like recurrent sales? How do you see within Etsy, Etsy and your customers? 
Are they new customers or recurring customers? That's a really good question. And I think this brings me to a topic that not a lot of people think about whenever they're starting a business. Um, it's about branding and your brand and what you want people to feel and think and know about your business or about your brand. Mm-hmm. When, when in Ed, on Etsy, I sell to both. I have tons of recurring people. I have people who have purchased, who didn't even know me because I have friends who have purchased from me from the beginning, who still purchase from me now, but you know, they're friends and they kind of knew about it before anything even was even created. But I have people who have gone to me through Etsy from the beginning, three years ago, and to this day, they purchase from me every single time they see something that they like. And they're active on social media and they're always asking me questions or they're giving me suggestions of, mm-hmm. hey, I saw this like post, like check it out. I think it would be awesome for your business. Um, so when it's, it's a lot harder to find because once you have a client who loves you, they're with you. Yeah. And you just have to build that, you know, report and you have to answer those questions and you have to every now and then be like, hey, what's up? How are the earrings working out? Getting you new customers, it's a lot harder now, especially because Etsy has blown up. It is so big. And jewelry is one of those quote unquote saturated areas. And there's so many people selling. And, and I say quote unquote, because a saturated. Um, but it's oh not your niche. I mean, a saturated. Ah, what is the word? A saturated. Oh, yeah. A saturated market. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a weird thing for me, because like I said before, I am a believer that there is a person who will buy anything and everything. It doesn't matter if there's 10,000 jewelry makers out there. There's one person who's going to want jewelry from each one of those sellers just because everybody wants something different. And that is what branding is about. It's about creating something that one person will like. And then that person will get another person and, and so on. Mm-hmm. So getting getting clients is, or customers is, is difficult now just because there's so many people, but at the same time, they're there. And I get new clients all the time, every day. So I, I don't think that it's an impossible thing. And I definitely don't think that it should be a deterrent for people who want to join the market. Did you plan to make, because you're talking about branding and like, yeah, like um, maybe part of branding is also maybe having your own e-commerce store or do you plan to stay maybe loyal to Etsy? Oh, that's a very juicy question. <laughs> <laughs> so I am a huge fan of Etsy. I have been so thankful to Etsy. I think Etsy is a platform that just works and works for new makers and it works for you know, seasoned makers. I do believe that with the whole branding thing, it is important to have your own website and your whole and your own platform. Just because you're not competing, 
you 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 know like if, when I'm on Etsy and somebody searches for my item, Etsy is also suggesting things that are similar to mine. So having a website is a great branding idea. It is also a huge time suck. So I tried having a website and I failed miserably because I spent two months trying to figure out coding. So again, it's one of those things where I would suggest you outsource. You outsource. Right. So if you have the disposable income to outsource from the beginning, go ahead. If you have the time to learn coding and to learn how to run a website, because it's it's a different thing to run a blog than to run an e-commerce website. You have to deal with so many things. You have to deal with payments and you have to deal with disclosures and you have to deal with you know, a whole bunch, like range of things that exceed any, anything more than just a basic website. So if you have the disposable income, go ahead. Absolutely do it right now where I'm at. I, if you, I'll tell you what this, as soon as I feel like I am ready to scale. Yeah. Absolutely. Having a website will be part of it. Um, When I first started doing it about a year and a half ago, it was just too much. I was trying to do too many things at the same time. I was taking tons of courses on Etsy about Etsy SEO. I was taking tons of courses on photography. I was taking tons of courses on branding and it was just too much. So, yeah. I believe it's it's important, but it's not absolutely necessary at the beginning. What do you think is the most important aspect of Lulupod design? I think branding. Um, okay. you, you want to create an experience, right? That's how people get hooked into an item. Yeah. For me, I think the biggest inspiration on branding is Target. You... Target has created a culture of selling things. So there's hashtags and there's communities of like Target moms. And how do you dress? You know, like influencers and style gurus are talking about what to wear when you go to Target. How like how dads stay out in cars while women shop. And they've created this community of dads who stay in the parking lot, you know, waiting for their wives to shop at Target. Target has created this amazing culture. And so for me, that is a huge branding inspiration. They've created a community, a culture from things that they sell. So when people buy from them, it's an emotional purchase as well as a physical purchase, right? Because I'd rather go to Target than go to any other store just because it's Target, just because I can dress cute, just because they have the latest, you know, um, it's a thing. It's a thing. So branding is so important. No matter if you sell on Etsy, no matter if you sell on your own platform, you want people to have an experience whenever they come to you. You, you want to have, you know, your ideal client in mind. You don't want to, when you speak to everybody, you speak to nobody. 
And that is a huge, huge thing, especially when people are starting up. They want to sell. So they think that by selling to everybody, they're going to get more sales. Mm -hmm. But when you talk, when you don't have an ideal person, an ideal client, and you're talking to everybody, your message is so diffused that it's not getting to anybody. Yeah. So Target didn't focus on children. Target didn't focus on men. Target didn't focus on women. Target focused on moms. So moms are the engine of Target. Okay. And they sell men's things. They sell kids stuff. They sell all kinds of things. But their Target is moms, in my opinion. Yeah. So whenever you do that, people are going to trickle in and men still shop at Target, just like men still shop at my store, even though it's focused for women. So I would say, yeah, branding is a huge, huge aspect. That's great. So talking about engines, what's the <laughs> engine that Lulu talking put? about what engines? So what's your, uh -huh. who is your maybe target, target niche or <laughs> uh -huh. target again? Or talking about niches. Niches. So yeah. who are you targeting? For me is modern chic women, moms, who yeah. want to look cute. Special um, age gap or... So when, whenever you're doing this whole exercise of branding and things, yeah. I have a name. I have a person. Yeah. So my so person's name is Sophia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my person's tell, name tell is Sophia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's your <laughs> customer's avatar. So my ideal client, her name is Sophia. Mm -hmm. She is 32 years old. She has one child. She just recently married. She moved into her own home and she works as a teacher. And um, she loves to look cute, but she goes to school. So she doesn't want to wear the big earrings, but she also wants to look put together. She's into style. She doesn't like to spend hundreds of dollars, but she enjoys style and modern chic accessories she shops at target but she also likes to buy her key pieces at banana republic and j crew and she loves supporting local businesses and that's something that she does she goes to the fresh market at the farmer's market i'm sorry mm -hmm. the farmer's market and she Mm, loves to go downtown and support small businesses. She has her favorite coffee shop. She has her favorite pastry shop. And she loves Etsy because it's very convenient for her. She loves shopping at night and figuring out. She loves browsing Instagram for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And she loves to go to Etsy to support small businesses and handcrafted items. This is what she gives to all her family, friends, and she loves that. 
<laughs> awesome. I have her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> really good. So when you have this very clear idea of who your ideal customer is, it's going to make it that much easier to talk to them on social media because you're going to know what they like. You're yeah. not going to be wondering, oh, my God, what am I going to post about? You know that she loves style tips and she loves, you know, target style. And you know that she loves handcrafted items. So, and you know kind of how old she is and the kind of music that she's listening to. Mm -hmm. So that is going to inform your decisions every time you go on social media. You will speak to her. You yeah. will not be speaking to everybody. You won't be speaking to older women, you won't be speaking to teenagers, you're going to be speaking to her, you're going to be speaking to a millennial. Yeah. So you're going to talk about millennial things, and it's going to make your branding that much easier. Yeah. So does this apply to anything you want to sell, maybe a course or a, an ebook? Not only Absolutely. I would say so. I would say so. Anytime you want to sell something, you want to know who you want, who you want it to buy, yeah. who you to buy it, who yeah. you want it to, to, to call and to attract, right? Mm -hmm. um, because once you have that, it's going to make the whole process of choosing pictures and photographic style and branding that much easier yeah that's great okay okay so thank you so so much Luisa for this amazing I think it's a business class <laughs> <laughs> because it actually um, opened up my eyes as well because I didn't know about Etsy that much and about branding and this persona that you created Sophia Mm -hmm. So thank you so, so much for this. And tell us, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, maybe your social uh, media platforms and your Etsy store. How can people find you? And Absolutely. So I'm in all the places. <laughs> so <laughs> I am on Pinterest and I am on Facebook. And my main platform that I like to use just because I am a very visual person, it's Instagram. So you can find me at all of those under Lulupo Designs, which is L-U-L-U-P-O Designs. And of course, you can find me on Etsy. Uh, Etsy is E-T-S-Y dot com. Mm -hmm. And my shop is Lulupo Designs. Okay, awesome. So thank you so much. And well, maybe we'll see you next time. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I hope it was useful. Of course. I, I <laughs> thank you. Thank you.